providing timely, relevant content to providers who care for children. Welcome to Pediatrics in Practice, presented by Children's Mercy Kansas City. Here's Dr. Michael Smith. Sports injuries, what to do in the initial office visit. This is Pediatrics in Practice, the podcast from Children's Mercy. I'm Dr. Mike. Let's talk with Dr. Donna Pachika, a pediatric orthopedic surgeon at Children's Mercy. So sports injuries, you know, as a, as a general practitioner, uh, that's, you know, these are tough for us, right? And, and, so, and so having you on to really help us walk through that initial visit, I think this is going to be a fantastic uh, conversation. So let's start off, you know, what information is really needed for a good history for sports-related injuries? Like what, what questions should, should providers ask? Well, the first thing I do is, is I ask the patient what they were doing when it happened. Were they in a game? Were they at practice? Was it a contact injury versus a non-contact injury? Was it just a, a bunch of kids getting together in the backyard versus an organized uh, uh, injury? That gives me an idea of what the level of, of play was, um, what the what the mechanism may be, and how much trauma uh, happened. Uh, it's one thing when you have a, a kiddo on a trampoline uh, gymnastics practice uh, versus somebody getting uh, tackled on the football field versus somebody just uh, dancing in their backyard and, and having a misstep and falling down some stairs. So that can be really helpful to, to give us uh, some information. Now, often, obviously, you know, in, in, in the pediatric population, usually the parents are in the room as well, and, and they like to answer answer for the, the, the child. Tell us a little bit about, like, how do we work around that? I mean, do you have any advice on how we can really listen to the story from the child's point of view? Yeah, so that's always tricky because parents are super enthusiastic, and, and I respect that, being a parent and enthusiastic. Um, but I usually ask them to let me get the information from their, their uh, child first, because I want to hear from the, the primary perspective, and then I will turn to them and say, let me, tell me what you saw you know, ask them if they were there at the time, and then you know what they saw, and what did they what did they see when they if they weren't there? Um, you know, I will ask uh, the child like if a child comes in with an acute knee injury, you know, did it swell up right away? Did, were they able to walk on it? Um, ask the parents. You know, if the kid the kid looks blankly at their parent, I will ask the parents, did you see swelling right away or things like that? Um, and I'll also ask, uh, um, you know, if anybody saw an obvious deformity at the time of the injury, sometimes it's really hard, or sometimes they have videotape. Uh, parents carry uh, their, their smartphones around and, and are constantly recording their children. So sometimes that can be super helpful, um, horrifying, but helpful uh, to look and see the injury as it happens. So, uh, you know, let's, let's move the conversation into the physical exam, because this is another tough one for the, the general pediatrician, general practitioner. You know, we, you, 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 see, you see that it's obviously bruised and swollen. Let's say it's a knee or an ankle, and that's pretty much what we write down in the chart, right? We're not really, we don't feel always that comfortable examining something that's bruised and swollen. So what really constitutes a good exam for sports-related injuries? Well, the nice thing about, about what I do is there's always the other side to compare it to. So I always like to look at the uninjured side. That also helps the, the patient be a little more comfortable with what they're going to uh, experience. And so, uh, like, for example, an elbow injury, I will ask them to go through a, a full range of motion and note whether they're able to hyperextend on their side, as a lot of kids can do, and whether or not they have any pre-existing abnormalities. Because like, every so often I get a kid that doesn't 
even have full extension. They can't straighten out their arm all the way, and, it's, and they might have some pre-existing condition like a congenital radial head dislocation. Um, I put them through forearm rotation as well because that can be important there. Um, and then when I go to the injured side, uh, I try to um, not go directly for the area that's bruised and swollen, but try to palpate around and think about applied anatomy. Um, so, you know, anatomy for orthopedic surgeons is really the key to what we do. So it's about you know, putting together where's it hurt, what's there, um, and knowing where, where your muscle tendon units are, where your ligaments are, um, and how they work. And so that's, that's super important. Um, so so when I, I usually get them to do a range of motion first. And if they can go through full passive range of motion, but they can't do it actively, that may imply that you've got pain limiting movement or muscle weakness. But if you have a block to passive motion, um, then that may indicate some derangement of that joint um, that, uh, or a joint contracture if it's longstanding, and that can, um, that can be helpful to, uh, to delineate that. What about when the patient doesn't want you to touch them? How, like, sometimes it's painful, right? And they're automatically you start approaching them and they start crying, whatever that is. So what, any, any advice on how to work around that? Yeah, sometimes, I, um, you know, that tends to be more for the, the much younger kids. Um, usually the older kids uh, can do that. Sometimes I, I have that, you know, because I'll, I'll get kids who are special needs um, that may be uh, active. Um, so sometimes I will enlist the parent uh, to help out with that. Um, I tend to try to work uh, proximal and, and uh, from proximal and distal to the area. So I'll, you know, like if they're really nervous, I'll, you know, um, put my, uh, by hand like on their, their flank or their thigh to say, hey, you know, this doesn't hurt, right? Or down on their ankle if I'm going towards the knee. And then we try to um, mark out where, where's the spot that's really uh, tender. Um, every so often we get kids who also have amplified pain. And so that can be really tricky. And so being able to, to see whether it's pressure that hurts them or if it's just light touch, then I know they have some allodynia and we may have to work around that. And I might not be able to get a, a good exam. And that's okay. I mean, I think as long as sometimes I think um, people think that you have to have, have a complete exam, and, and sometimes you can't get a good exam because the kid's too swollen. And so in that situation, I try to um, make sure that there's nothing that's that's problematic, like a fracture, that's going to interfere, and try to get them in, maybe into a little bit of therapy first, and then see them back in a week or two and reevaluate. Right, right. And I think this is a I, this is a good lead, and then um, into. When is it appropriate to do some imaging studies, right? And I know, again, you know, th thinking about that general pediatrician, we might want to jump to that right away because that kind of takes the place of the exam for us in a sense, right? So, but I know it's not always appropriate, right? It is radiation. We do have to think about that kind of stuff. So, what are some of the guidelines here? Yeah, so there's so much variability. Like MRI is really tricky, and everybody loves to go to MRI. I, I start with plain films um, because I want to make sure, you know, fractures are fairly obvious, and that can help guide you. And sometimes there's some bony findings that you can see that, that help to guide you towards uh, whether or not you, you, uh, need to have some advanced imaging, but I don't generally jump straight to advanced imaging unless uh, it's a patient of mine that has an ACL reconstruction that had a re-injury and we're concerned that they might have retorn, and that would be something that I'd probably go straight to MRI. Um, so I, I think um, with the, if you start off with plain films, and um, I think that can give you an idea, at least tell you that there's nothing terrible going on. Um, not everything needs an MRI right off the bat. Uh, 
so I think um, being able to get them started in some therapy and re- being able to reevaluate can be very helpful. Uh, the hard part is um, is the pushback you get from families who think that everybody needs an MRI in the in in the emergency room. So it can be a little tricky. Um, but the MRI isn't really an image in the same way that a um, an X-ray is so it's really interpreting the um, the response of hydrogen atoms in the body to the magnetic field that's being passed through them, and so it's really more uh, like I explained to my parents, more like an impressionist painting in some ways. Uh, you have an idea of what might be going on, but it doesn't necessarily help you. You got to correlate it with that physical exam. Yes, of course. So um, and so here's I think the big question for um, a lot of the generalists out there is you know at, at what point. Or, or, or do you have some guidelines for us when we should definitely refer the patient to a specialist like yourself? Yeah, so I think, you know, if you have a situation where you have a, a kid that comes, I mean, obviously a fracture, um, like that's a displaced fracture, um, you know, there's definitely something that, that uh, probably needs to be referred on to, to one of us. Um, I think if you have a situation where you had a, key, a kid that uh, had an injury to their knee, they had an acute effusion, um, usually what causes that is patellar dislocation, fracture, ACL tear, or big meniscus tear. Um, and so with an immediate effusion, especially if they're not able to walk on it, those are kind of worrisome things. And so those probably need to see uh, somebody um, uh, like a sports medicine provider sooner rather than later. Um, same thing like when, uh, when we think about ankle injuries, you know, ankle sprains. If you have somebody that comes in and has an ankle injury, but they're really swollen and they're really hesitant to put any weight on it um, compared to the kid that can kind of you know, muddle along. Um, those are kids that I worry about uh, who may have um, more severe ankle sprains that could go on to some chronic instability or potentially a fracture that, that may not be uh, very readily apparent. Um, and then uh, elbow uh, is another one that's always tricky. Um, kids that may have had, a, uh, especially throwers that may have had a prodrome of pain who have a s- sudden onset loss of velocity probably need to have some evaluation soon. Gymnasts who are complaining of not being able to straighten their arm uh, or having an acute pain, I worry about uh, loose bodies um, and, uh, um, and issues there that uh, may need further evaluation quickly. So, Dr. Pachika, you know, in summary, uh, what would you like the general practitioner, the nurse practitioner, the general pediatrician, what would you like for them to know about sports injuries? Well, I think... Um, it's the most important thing is the kids really want to get back to doing what they do best because it's their big coping mechanism. So anything we can do to get them moving quickly uh, are going to be important. Um, I think being able to uh, get them to a provider um, who can help them out or even get them, get them started with some therapy um, and get them along uh, to back to where they are, where are from, I think is going to be uh, a good thing for them. Um, and I think don't hesitate to, um, to refer them on when you're concerned because um, most of these kids don't tend to complain about a lot of things and when they, because it keeps them out of their sport. So if they are complaining about something, take it seriously. That's Dr. Pachika. She's a pediatric orthopedic surgeon at Children's Mercy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Pediatrics in Practice. And please visit childrensmercy.org to get connected with Dr. Pachika or another provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. And be sure to check back soon for the next podcast. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.